Grace to and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The epistle lesson will serve as the basis for my message, especially these last words. Wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is our text. Several weeks ago, the comics grip Garfield captured an idea that I want to dwell on, and that is the idea of waiting. I don't know if you, I wish I should have had a PowerPoint on this, but in the first panel, John is sleeping in bed. In the second panel, Garfield sticks his head up and looks at John. In the third panel, Odie joins Garfield and he looks at John. In the fourth panel, John's face starts crinkling up. He's waking up. The second last panel, John says, all right, I'm up, okay. In the last panel, Garfield thinks, good things come to those who wait. That English proverb is probably true, but I'm not a fan. I hate waiting. Whether it's in the grocery store, at a traffic light, my wife knows, Tim, just wait. I hate waiting. Although I'm not always on time, I don't like to wait for other people when I'm traveling. Well, we all wait. Wait in doctor's office. We wait for a report on a medical test, for a classroom, a, cl a classmate, a locker room, uh, for a grade to be posted, for a raise to be expected, for the birth of a child or a grandchild, for the results of a job interview, and on and on and on we wait. According to a, a Timex survey, survey that I found, uh, Americans wait in line about 37 billion hours a year. They break that down a little bit detail. We spend it on an average 32 minutes waiting whenever we visit a doctor. We wait 28 minutes in security lines if we're traveling. 21 minutes um, is for a significant other to get ready to go. Uh, 13 hours annually on hold for customer service. 38 hours each year waiting in traffic, those living in a big city, up to 50 hours a year. Human beings spend approximately six months of their lives waiting in line. That averages to about three days of a year waiting. I hate waiting. I saw another line that said, waiting is like a timeless form of torture. At least it is for me. There's a famous two-act play by Samuel Beckett called Waiting for Godot. It features two men sitting in, usually in a park bench waiting. Uh, they meet two more men and a little conversation. A boy comes along and the boy says, Godot will probably be coming the next day. In the second act, they continue to wait, wait for Godot, but then they find out that Godot isn't coming. 
Now, the play, the play has had many different interpretations. Uh, Beckett himself says most of them are wrong. But for me, it's similar to our experience of waiting for our Lord's return. When is he coming? We're waiting. Is he going to be here now? Is he going to be ever be coming? What are we waiting for? One of the things that waiting has taught me is to use the spiritual gift of patience or the fruit of the Spirit. And yet more than that, as Bible-believing people of God, we are all waiting. Uh, that's really one of the themes that runs through the whole Bible. It's a feature of being God's people. We are people who wait. From the very first promise that God gave of a, a Messiah to Adam and Eve, people have been waiting for that Messiah to come. Throughout the rest of the Bible, the idea of waiting continues. Abraham had to wait until he was 100 years old before God fulfilled his promise of having a son. In the Psalms, several times, almost a half dozen times, it says, wait on the Lord, wait for the Lord. Isaiah himself picks up the same theme. And several times he says, wait for the Lord. The people of the Old Testament had been waiting for thousands of years for the Messiah. Finally, as we heard in the gospel reading for today, the Messiah was coming. One of the signs of the Messiah was that he was going to be coming humbly on a donkey. And they saw this as Jesus fulfilling the promise. They had been waiting for centuries. The disciples themselves waited. Can you imagine the three days after Christ's crucifixion before he appeared on Easter Sunday of waiting anxiously, expecting, wondering, is Christ going to rise again? And after he rose, Jesus promised to come back. And we now are waiting. We are waiting for that return of Christ. His promise is, full, is going to be fulfilled. We now act. We know that he will act in the past in his good and gracious will, but when is he going to come now? We need to have that fruit of the Spirit, patience, as we wait. In our text, Paul uses a special word for wait. It's not just kind of sit idly twiddling your thumbs or getting on your phone and kind of getting bored with whatever you're playing on your phone. But the idea here is to persevere, to, to be anxiously expecting, to, to wait ardently, uh, eager expecting, kind of like children waiting for the candy parade, when the, when the parade comes, the, the candy people are going to, in the, in the float, they're waiting, they're, they're looking, they're wondering, is the candy coming? It's that kind of anticipation, anxiously, on tiptoe anticipation of Christ's return. The Greek, as one, one scholar says, it implies the expect, uh, the, the expect constantly, not only at a certain time, but all the way to the end till the expected events happen. So keep on expecting until it finally happens. It's like, now I get it. And that's the way we are to be as Christians, waiting in hope, in expectation for Christ's return. In our text, St. Paul commends the Corinthian congregation, something he didn't do very often. In the rest of the book of, of Corinthians, it's usually kind of getting on, kind of correcting some of their problems. But he comments on their giftedness as they wait for the second coming of the Lord for that advent. It's interesting that Paul uses several different words in his writing for uh, the coming of Christ. He uses the word parousia, which literally means coming. He uses the word epiphania, means kind of the manifestation of the epiphany, uh, the visible manifestation of Christ. Or he uses the word ap apocalypsis, and that's the word he uses here. 
it's the word appearing as it's translated in our text, but it can be also unveiling or revelation. Think about the book of the Revelation, which really shows us the results of, of Christ's final coming and our home in heaven. And so we look at the book of Revelation and say, that's what we're waiting for with anticipation, with excitement, with expectation. And Paul then goes on. He assures us that as we wait, God will be with us to help us. He says, he will sustain you to the end. He gives us his word. He gives us his sacrament to feed our faith, to help us to be strong and to anticipate those promises. More than that, Paul goes on, we can be assured that we stand guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ because our sins have been forgiven. The darkness of our sin, the contamination of our sin, the dirtiness of our sin has been removed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ's death assures us of that forgiveness. And Christ then fulfills God's promise of our Savior. As, he, as Paul says, God is faithful. He has called us into fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're gathered together as expectant people, anticipating, waiting for Christ's return. In the meantime, as we wait, it's going to be a day of exaltation, a day when Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, as Pastor Prowl emphasized last week. We'll be delivered from all of our ills, from our woes. He's guaranteed that deliverance in heaven. This will happen when Jesus comes again. The best is yet to come. And yet, what a wonderful day will be. We'll finally see our Savior face to face. During this Advent season, then, our expectant hope is that Christ will return soon. Oftentimes in our communion liturgy, although we won't use this Sunday or this weekend, uh, the pastor will say as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, and we often respond, Amen, come Lord Jesus. That's also the Christian cry, Amen, come Lord Jesus. As we wait, we hope, we expect. May this be your prayer. As I said, over the years, as I've waited, I've learned to be a little bit more patient as I wait. I'm reminded of a book in Habakkuk, or a verse in Habakkuk, where God tells the prophet, for the vision awaits its appointed time. In other words, the fulfillment will come. It happens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. That's God's promise to you, to me, as we await Christ's return as judge and savior. Uh, to get back to my Garfield comic, uh, Garfield says, good things come to those who wait. And I would say good things more than godly things come to those who await our Lord Jesus Christ. May God grant that for Jesus' sake. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.